0: Today on Let's Talk Limbic Sparks, I'm with Samantha Liss, Chief Marketing Officer of ExpertLink, a portfolio of psychic services and wellness brands. I'm Kevin Perlmutter, Chief Strategist and Founder of Limbic Brand Evolution, a brand strategy and neuromarketing consultancy that taps into emotional insight to strengthen connection between brands and people. The limbic system part of our brain supports emotion, motivation, behavior, and memory. And I'm curious how my guests are creating what I call limbic sparks, which happen when emotional motivation meets brand desire. I love talking with brand leaders who are turning emotional insight into a competitive advantage to drive business growth for the brands that they serve. Sam, thank you so much for joining me today. And let's talk limbic sparks.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me, Kevin.
0: I am so glad we're doing this. How are you today?
1: I'm good, I'm great. It's Friday. I mean, you know, it's it's every week's a long week, but excited to have the weekend ahead of me and um, everything's good. How are you? Outstanding.
0: I'm doing great as well. It was a beautiful day yesterday. So I wanna start with this question. When it comes to the deep relationships that you have with friends and coworkers, What is it that you value most in those relationships?
1: So for me, it's really, um, comes down to a couple of things. Um, one is honesty, integrity in those relationships, um, a little bit of a sense of humor, but really for me, it's all about trust. Um, it's so important to me to feel safe in a relationship. It has to be people that I can truly be myself with, um, and take time to get to know them. They, they need to take time to get to know me. Um, And it's why I've worked with so many people for such a long time in various um, companies and formats. So some of the people I work with today, I've worked with at other places and I've worked with for 20 years. And it's honestly one of the reasons I'm comfortable having this conversation with you because we have a long working relationship together. So for me, that's super important.
0: Yeah. Thank you for that. And I was, I was going to bring that up as well. I mean, the confession for our listeners is that we've been friends and have known each other and have worked together multiple times over a 20 year period, which is pretty incredible. Um, and I, and I value our relationship so much. Uh, I've always known you over that time. I've always known you to be driven and not afraid of the unknown. Um, what motivates you in all the work that you do?
1: It, it is partly about the people that I work with and really the ability to be collaborative and have fun and work with super smart people. Like I love brainstorming to solve problems and create solutions for our customers. I like to have different voices in the room, share information, dig into things from different perspectives. Um, and over you know, my career, it's been really cool to like see how you know, the evolution of marketing and, and brand and customer experience. Some of these things weren't even, you know, when I started out on the table, like people didn't talk about customer experience so much. And um, and I, just along the way, I've had the, you know, the pleasure of marketing some really niche products um, that need to keep up with the latest innovations in technology. So that's that's really fun as well.
0: One of the ways that I enjoy helping Listeners of this podcast get to know my guests is by asking them about brands in their life. What are some of the brands that paint a picture of what you're all about?
1: So I don't really necessarily think of myself like as, you know, in terms of a brand. Um, But, you know, I'm definitely about experience and I'm definitely from a personal perspective like about consistency and how I show up, you know, I'm very direct I share my thoughts. I wanna get things done, move quickly. And I think people who know me kind of expect that of me, right? I show up the same way over and over. Um, so expectations are really important for me and brands. Um, so one that I think about, you know, at, for consistency and customer service is like Four Seasons. I know if I go to a Four Seasons, I know what the experience is going to be. I know how I'm going to be treated. And it's special. It's like that special thing that like you aspire to have in your life. And, you know, not that I get to go there all the time, for sure, because, you know, it's definitely a luxury brand. But I know if I'm going to stay there like the once or twice that I have, I know I'm going to get treated like royalty. And if I go to have dinner at somewhere that's Four Seasons, I also know that it's going to be a great experience. And then, you know, with working from home and, you know, there's brands that just provide utility for me that like i don't even realize when i think about it like apple is so integrated into my life and everything i do like i'm at such a type a personality organization nut so it's like i have my iphone and i keep all my lists on it and all my to-dos and my calendar and then it's like i have my watch where i use it when i exercise and i track all of my activity and i'm like a really big like active lifestyle person so i work out and i track all of that and then it's like I watch TV at night and I have an Apple TV. So I'm like, Oh my God, Apple's everywhere for me. Um, <laughs> so it's really so integrated into, into who I am in a sense. Um, it's, it's a little bit scary actually <laughs> to think about it in that way sometimes. Um, but
0: yeah, those true. are two. I And those are two awesome examples. And just knowing you the way I do, especially the first one that you mentioned, the consistency, the Four Seasons consistency, it's um, it, it really rings true. So that's a really, uh, I think, on spot, spot on um, kind <laughs> of response, which is really cool. So I want to dig into this right now. I opened this conversation by saying that you're chief marketing officer of a portfolio of psychic services and wellness brands. And I'm sure that that piqued the interest of some people who are listening. Can you please share a bit of an overview of your company and the services that your brands provide?
1: Sure. Um, So, you know, we have uh, a platform um, that allows for advice to be given with experts via phone, chat, and video. And the main brands that we run on this platform that I'm responsible for are Psychic Source and Path Forward Psychics. Um, So it's psychic services in a nutshell. And Psychic Source and Path Forward, it's really about providing advice, that kind of emotional connection to meeting people's needs around where they are in their life and the challenges that they're facing. And when people hear psychics, they're like, oh, my God, that's that's not legitimate. Like what? That's a scam. Psychics. They're just trying to steal my money. But this is really a real business. We've been in business for over 30 years. Um, all of our psychics are screened and vetted. Um, some of them are former therapists or social workers, and they're just real people with intuitive powers Um and we guarantee everything we do. So if someone's not happy, we will give them their money back, or we'll give you your time back to try a different psychic. So, so yeah, and it's a really cool experience to work in this kind of niche market um, where you really have to create legitimacy um, for something that you know a lot of people are very skeptical of to begin with. So yeah,
0: it's it's so interesting from that perspective. And who are your typical customers, and and what types of um, services are they seeking?
1: So our typical customers are, it skews largely female, um, kind of 25 to 45-ish. So that's kind of the sweet spot. Um, and they're really people who are seeking advice around things like their love, their relationships, things that are going on in their family, um, what's going to happen with my career. So they have questions and they're really Um, very much, some of them are in crisis, some of them are just want to see what might be next for them. Um, And they're seeking that advice, that guidance, that non-biased kind of someone to speak to who they know is not going to have a stake in what they're saying to them so that they can kind of get some justification or validation of what's going on in their life from someone who isn't going to necessarily have a stake in, in that issue
0: what are some of the top reasons that they would come to you? Like, what are some of the life challenges that come up most frequently?
1: Um, A lot of them are asking about, you know, is he cheating on me? Or am I going to find that new career? Or I'm having challenges with my boss. How can I deal with that? Um, Or some just want to connect with um, someone that, you know, passed on, um, or they're grieving and they just want someone to talk to about that um, and see how they can get through it. Others just really want to get, you know, an answer to a quick question or um, the meaning of something that's going on in their life. Um, and some just really want to, you know, speak with someone that they, they feel they can almost relate to and treat as a friend in some way.
0: I suspect uh, that your customer base has a high degree of loyalty and they they keep coming back for more. Um, in my world, I call that creating limbic sparks. And what what are the things that your brands are doing to create these limbic sparks that's emotionally motivating for your customers that keeps them coming back for more?
1: So, I mean, there's there's a number of things that we do as a brand and organization around kind of how we treat our customers and what keeps them coming back for more. We have a, loyalty program. We do things around kindness. Um, we, you know, when they pay for our services, they're permitted to pick a charity that they can give some of that money back to. Um, so we give that money back. They don't have to contribute to that. Um, but we also help them create that connection with their advisor, um, And the advisors really like after a conference with a customer, they can reach out, send them a message and how much they enjoyed speaking with them. Or if they have an afterthought, they can share that with the customer. So they create this ongoing connection in that way where it's like, this person is still thinking about me afterwards. It's not just that one time, like I call, I talk to someone and then they're like, it's done, it's over. It's like, there's a relationship that starts to form.
0: So they can reach back out to the same advisor over and over again and, and build that relationship with an individual. It's not just a call center response kind of a thing.
1: Oh, definitely. And if if the advisor isn't hearing from someone in a while and they know that they're you know having some issues, the advisor can reach out to that customer and say, just want to check in and make sure you're doing okay. Haven't heard from you kind of thing.
0: Wow. So this person becomes sort of a, a confidant in their life and sort of a guidepost of some sorts.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow.
0: You mentioned earlier that there's a vetting process for the advisors. How I know your goal is to ensure that they're providing you know meaningful support. Um, and how do you ensure that they're doing that and not uh, the type of people who are just randomly giving you know predictions or or false hope? Is there a difference between predictions and false hope and what your advisors are providing?
1: Um, yeah, there's definitely a difference. I mean, our advisors are all like vetted thoroughly by staff on, you know, our staff is doing interviews, readings with them. You can't just come in our service and say, I want to be a psychic or an advisor and poof, you're on. There are other services that are like that, but we go through a very significant vetting process and we only hire about five or so out of a hundred that we interview. So that's pretty big quality control. Um, And then we have quality control on the service. So we have, you know, people spot listening, um, especially if customers complain about something going on with an advisor, we spot listen to those. And we do a lot of training to, you know, coach the advisors in terms of how they're showing up. Um, And vice versa, if we have customers who sometimes behave badly, too. And if an advisor is reporting that we will, check that out and go back to the customer and even coach them on how they need to, you know, interact with the service. So it's really all about creating that connection and best experience possible. Um, you know, and we also have a 24 seven call center, which is a call center, not just for our customers, but also for our advisors when they have issues. So um, it goes both ways.
0: My understanding from our conversations is that there's, there are significant cultural differences when it comes to feelings about psychic services among different audience segments. And I'm I'm curious if you could talk about those cultural differences that relate to uh, mental health and spirituality and how that might differ among different groups of people in your, in your market.
1: Yes, there are lots of ways that that definitely differs in our market. Um, And a lot of it isn't just necessarily from a demographic perspective, but also from more of like a spiritual perspective, how our customers perceive our services in terms of some are using it more for mental health, some are more um, religious, some, you know, are very private about these things, some are willing to really get out there and share it. Um, So it's all about really the relationship that they create with the psychic. And from a demographic perspective, we need to talk to our audiences a little bit differently. So we have lots of younger audience demographics on that. um, We need to take a different tone of voice with. So it's one of the reasons we have Path Forward psychics because it does skew a bit younger and it also targets different audiences and has that younger tone of voice where we also on psychic source kind of attract the older customer for the most part. And we need to tailor more of the services to that. So we have like lots more phone readings on there than, than chat potentially. And our advisors know that. So they have to show up and be available on those types of channels versus using things like direct messaging or chat on a path forward psychics, which talks better to the younger audience. So Um, and also on psychic source, we have a Spanish speaking brand, um, and we need to speak to that audience differently than we speak to our general audience on psychic source. So it's really all about the tone and how we show up.
0: So how do you go about understanding, um, the different audience segments? What types of research methodologies or insight collection, um, approaches do you use to understand your audiences better?
1: So we we do so much to dig into our audiences. I mean, I could probably talk about this all day, some of the studies that we've done and other things. But in general, every day we have a voice of customer survey that goes out after every reading to our customers um, to really get an understanding of their experience, how they felt after their reading. Did they get a good sense of closure? Um, Did they get to talk to their first choice advisor? Did they know that we have a rewards program and so on? Um, so it really gives us an indication of how that reading experience was for them from both a emotional perspective and from a technical perspective in the sense of did the service work for you and did that, that reading work for you from like a very emotional standpoint. Um, we also do focus groups where we get small groups of customers together, or we do one on one to really understand kind of what they're getting out of their readings in the service and what we could do better and how their experience is. Um, So, you know, and then we do studies with, you know, research agencies around um, price or trying to even get to non-customers to get more sentiment around psychic services and how we need to communicate our brands and messaging so that we're creating that emotional connection with our customers or potential customers.
0: Really neat. And have these insights that you've collected, um, have they led to specific customer experiences that you could describe that are targeting specific audiences or more broadly evolving your own brand and the way it delivers its services? Uh,
1: Yes. I mean, they've definitely led to um, so many different aspects of the brand. Um, when we developed Path Forward for Millennials, it definitely, there was a lot of testing around the communication and how that brand needs to show up to reach that demographic um, around price. Some of the studies that we've done have really influenced how we're pricing the services from a value perspective and how our customers were you know, relating our price to the value of the brand um and we've done work around the the spanish brand in order to understand kind of how we speak to that that market and that culture it's very different um and we needed to bring in some people who could really help us understand that segment and had real life experience in that demographic so Um, we do things like that when we don't have someone internally that really understands that culture or that dynamic, we, we find them.
0: About the advisors and their areas of specialty. Are there certain advisors that focus on certain fields of support or, or service? Uh, Are there specialists in the pool?
1: There are definitely specialists. I mean, we have some advisors that are really more geared to love and relationships and kind of those family relationships issues and we have others that are really good when you just have a question about your career um we have others that are consider themselves mediums so if you want to connect with someone like that a loved one who's passed on there are certain ones that are better at that i mean we even have ones that specialize in lost objects so if you've you know, misplace something and you need help maybe retracing where it might be because you just can't do it, you can call a psychic to do that. So there's so many different reasons why people call a psychic and even around things like astrology or numerology, um, or just to get a simple tarot card reading, um, because they have, they just want to see what the cards are are saying. They don't even necessarily have a specific question, but just want to get some insights into what might be coming
0: how have you seen the industry evolve over the last many years? I know you've been with the company for about 10 years or so.
1: Yeah. um, It's actually more. I mean, I've been 10 years as an employee, but I was doing consulting through um, my own company. uh, And I consulted with the company for about eight years on and off. So when I started they were simply really more of a phone service with a website that had a listing of the psychics and not much more. And now we have chat, we have video, we have um, content around this um, market that really helps our customers understand how to get a reading. So there's lots of content about how and why and the value of it for them. And then we have content around even do-it-yourself stuff. So to learn about tarot or numerology, um, so it's it's a totally different world. I mean, when I started, they weren't even doing email marketing necessarily. So, you know, there was no online marketing, um, and now they're doing everything. You know, search organic, uh, blog stuff, SEO. It's just it's everything. So there's it's just evolved and come such a long way, and. There's a ton of competition now in the market too. So, you know, the internet has really allowed um, anyone to come in and enter pretty much any market that they, they want to take a chance in.
0: Yeah. It's, I, I know it's blown up as a field. And and one of the reasons is because it's, it's just an avenue for people to achieve a bit of mental wellness that they're looking for. So Coming back to this idea from the beginning about perception versus reality of psychic services, it's clear to me that your brands are offering people an avenue for mental wellness. What are some of the most important emotional benefits or things that they feel as a result of your services?
1: They feel connected. They feel justified and validated. They feel like they have hope that, you know, things can be different, or they're, they're maybe going to get that job, or maybe they won't, but at least they got some answers, right, so, um, and our psychics don't always tell them what they want to hear, and a lot of our customers value that, uh, because people in your life sometimes do just tell you what they want to what you want to hear, because it's easier, right, it's easier to just take that route and say, yeah, it's going to be fine, don't worry about it, so, Um, you know, they get a lot of validation and hope, I think.
0: It's such an emotion-rich category. And that's what I find so fascinating about it. I'm curious, why do you think that some brands outside of your category are still neglecting the power of emotion and emotional insights in approach to growing their business?
1: Because it's really hard. (laughs) It's really hard to understand your customers, take the time to talk with them, The amount of resources that you need to understand your customers internally is time-consuming, and gaining those insights is really hard. And a lot of, you know, we're a service, so when it's a service, you really need to think about how emotions relate to what you're delivering to your customers. We're not selling, you know, widgets or products that are off the shelf. And I think when you're selling something that's more off the shelf, it's easier to think about the utility of that thing. And what's my customer going to do with it? Not how are they going to feel about it after they've obtained that thing. And I think that how they're going to feel is really what makes someone want to obtain something. So um, that emotion I think is really important. And that's what I think people people miss, that real connection. Like what's my emotional connection to that thing? I mean, even if when I like... Buy a pair of shoes. You want to be like excited and excited to go out and wear them or something, right? But I don't think that people think about that so much when they're selling shoes. Maybe they do. Maybe Nordstrom does a little bit,
0: but Nordstrom, maybe. <laughs>
1: yeah. Most don't. Most don't. Most
0: don't. <laughs> what do you believe are the best ways to create limbic sparks, those moments when emotional motivation meets brand desire?
1: For us, it's, it's really, really just about like listening to our customers and making sure that they're having the best experience possible. Um, and before that, even letting them know and understand in our messaging, like how we can help them, like what is in it for them. It's not what's in it for us. It's what's in it for them. Um, and the only way for us to make that happen is to continually listen to them.
0: I love that. As a brand leader, what is it you know now that you wish you knew years ago, perhaps something that other emerging brand leaders can learn from?
1: Oh, so today, I mean, we've, we've kind of produced so many features or even campaigns and things without getting that customer insight and feedback up front and really integrating that into our process is key. And even today, like we don't necessarily have that kind of integration on everything that we do. Um, so making decisions that lean towards the customer versus what I think, or someone else thinks in the organization, getting that customer voice in there is really important. And in today's world, there are so many tools that allow you to do that. And taking advantage of those tools, I think is, is really important, so um To me, that's really really getting that understanding of your customer before you kind of go forward with anything is the most important thing.
0: Outstanding. And what a great way to conclude this. Sam, thank you so much for joining me today on Let's Talk Limbic Sparks.
1: Thanks, Kevin.
0: For more, go to limbicsparks.com.